I'm Ash. And I'm Heather. Welcome, Welcome to, to Pisces Rising. Rising. We're two astrologers who both have Pisces Rising in our charts, and we want to talk about astrology with you. Go deep or go home. Hello, welcome back to Pisces Rising. Heather and Ash here to deliver some information on Mercury and Venus. Yeah, so it's been a while since we've done one of our aspect series where we talk about the aspects that two planets can form with each other, and we felt like Mercury and Venus would be a really great one to dive back in with. And this one's going to be fun because... If you wanted to, you could easily go back and listen to our Mercury in the signs and our Venus in the signs, and in tandem with what we're about to tell you, and really be able to put it together and make it super cohesive for your own charts and for other people's charts if you look at them and explore them. Definitely. So because of the way that Mercury and Venus orbit the Sun, they are only ever able to form a conjunction or a sextile with one another in your natal chart. So those are the two aspects that you could have in your natal chart. But we're going to talk about the other aspects too. We're going to talk about Mercury square Venus, Mercury trine Venus, Mercury opposite Venus. And the reason is because those can come up for you in transits. So for instance, transiting Mercury could oppose your natal Venus or vice versa. Whereas that couldn't be a an aspect in your natal chart, it's still worthwhile to talk about. Yeah, and with the transit past of a temporary feeling that you're going to get struck with definitely every other month. Yeah, because Mercury and Venus move relatively quickly, and so you're going to experience those transits a couple times a year. So it is good to think about them and good to know what it feels like and what they do. And then natally, when we go into conjunctions, which is right now, that is the most obvious aspect. And a lot of you are going to have those in your natal chart as Venus is only going to be in either up to two signs ahead or two signs behind your sun sign. So a lot of you will have what they call conjunctions in your natal chart. So the majority of you, and if you don't actually have it in your natal chart, you know somebody that does because the conjunction is going to be very, very common with actually potentially even all three, Mercury, Venus, and the sun could easily be conjunct in many natal charts. So again, just for a refresher, conjunct means that the two planets will be within about five or six degrees of one another. So you can have your Mercury and your Venus in the same sign, but they might not necessarily be conjunct. So you want to look at the degrees as well. All right. So if your Mercury and Venus is conjunct, you are going to be good at articulating your emotions. You're going to feel the way that you love. Or actually, you could be really bad at it. It depends on how the conjunction and what the conjunction brings to you and how you work with it. But either way, it's going to be strong. And if there is a silence in your emotions, that silence is going to be strong. It's going to be obvious. And if there is 
a way to communicate your emotions that is also going to be obvious and potentially really detailed. Being poetic, having an ease to expressing yourself, being able to, in relationship, show and communicate, match your identity like to your lover, like really reveal yourself. There is maybe a comfort with being vulnerable when your Mercury and your Venus is in the same place. Again, this could go opposite, not in opposition, but the way that I interpret conjunctions when I'm doing a chart professionally or reading my own is that a conjunction is adding on to something that's already there. So it's giving it strength. So it does also depend on what side of the bed you choose to wake up on. If you continue to bring a lot of negative thought, that's going to be amplified in the conjunction. If you're going to bring a lot of positive thought, it's going to be amplified in the conjunction. And once you get that behavior, you can build and build off of it. So it's also important. One of the things that I do personally is when I know I'm going to be conjuncted with pretty much any planet, but mostly the moon, Venus as well, the emotional planets, is I try to like adjust my mood and know that it's coming and in an authentic way will try to think more positive only because I know the damage that it could do if I wake up on the wrong side of the bed. It's like when you stub your toe and then you hit your face in the wall and then you spill your coffee all over you. Like once you do one thing, it kind of starts this effect with a conjunction. I'm not going to get into the inappropriate names that I have for the conjunctions, but there's a lot of really good slang, especially for those of you who are sexual, so you could always message if you want some good jokes. But in general, it's like you I think of it as a train or a caboose, like adding on to what's already there and then coming at you with high velocity. So Keep that in mind if you have this conjuncting in your chart. After you go, I think that we should do just an example of a sign, like an obvious sign, okay. like Aries or Leo or something. That sounds great. Yeah, so I really, I agree with what you said that somebody with a natal Mercury Venus conjunct is going to be really good at articulating their feelings. They're going to probably value relationships. They're going to be talking about relationships a lot. So if you were to meet somebody with this conjunction at a party, they're going to be telling you about their friends. They're going to tell you about their partner. They're going to be talking about relationships and things that are important to them. I also find that depending on the sign that this is in and also depending on how the person chooses to work with the energy, like Heather was saying, people with this conjunction can tend to be very polite and well-mannered just because Venus comes into Mercury and kind of combines in a way that makes it so they don't want to create ripples. They want to kind of smooth things over. So it's almost a little bit like a Libra energy in some way, unless they have like, if this is conjunction as in Aries or something, it might go a completely opposite direction, but that is a common way that that can manifest. And I think that when we look at the transit side of it, if your Venus is getting conjuncted by Mercury or your Mercury is getting conjuncted by Venus, you're going to notice that you may be thinking about relationships. You may be thinking about your partnerships and the way that you're interacting with other people. You might be looking for harmony in 
the emotional world during those times and depending on which planet is doing the transiting you're going to either be maybe more vocal or maybe a little bit more internal depending on which one it is. I'm just going to add real quick to loving information because Mercury is about information and Venus is about love and to have them in the same place you might also really love to learn and really love to do research and gather information. Some of this might depend a little bit more on the signs that they're conjunct in, but there will be a little bit more of a drive to learn and a potential obvious passion for information. And learning information about their loved ones specifically, they may be very curious when they meet you. They want to know everything there is to know about their friends and family members, and that will kind of excite them and make them happy. So let's do let's do just Mercury and Venus and Virgo. Yeah. Yeah, because we're in Virgo season right now as we record this. That's definitely a lover of information. Mm. And tediously serving you. Oh yeah. Yeah, so Mercury is in its home sign in Virgo. So Mercury is gonna be really strong in that position. Very curious, very much interested in collecting information and venus is not in its best place no i think virgo a detriment or a fall yeah for sure and that's just gonna be maybe a little bit conservative too and cautious when it comes to loving but when they do when that combination commits it's going to be very committed and put a lot of energy into it but again cautious and reserved Potentially, where under other circumstances and combinations of signs that Mercury and Venus go through, I would say that being in Virgo, it might feel a little cold and less affectionate, potentially at first, and physically. Not only that, but it might feel a little withdrawn and just know that that combination, they are even thinking of helping you, they're trying to feel it out, they just operate with caution and they don't wanna do something just to do it. They wanna do it to like benefit the world, to, to help serve in a, in a very gentle and maybe a little bit more of an unassuming way. So the Venus in Virgo is not going to present itself as like a cuddle bug or a warm, affectionate, loving person, but they are so much so just with a caution and with an energy of practical, thought out action. Yeah, I think that if you know anything about love languages, I feel like Venus and Virgo, their love language is acts of service. So they show you how they feel by like tidying up your room for you or making you dinner and it might not necessarily be expressed in an overtly passionate emotional way but they're showing you they care in these little sort of domestic rituals and just looking out for your health and well-being. That's another way that Mercury and Virgo can show up. Yeah, so the Virgo essentially is even stronger with a conjunction. Any sign is gonna be even stronger with that conjunction. In tandem with the planet and what the planet is delivering symbolically. So in the case of Mercury and Venus being in Virgo, the strength is gonna be in communication and service and in relationships and making sure those relationships go right. 
All right, so then the other placement that you can have in your natal chart is Mercury sextile Venus. And so in that case, the planets are about 60 degrees away from each other or two signs. So for instance, you could have your Mercury in Libra and your Venus in Leo. This is a cuddly combination. It's warm and fuzzy. The planets are getting along, they're in harmony. This definitely is going to manifest itself differently depending on what sign it's in. But in general, this would bring a charm, a softness, maybe an inclination for luxury, generosity, and expansion. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely see that. I think it's a little bit less inherent than the conjunction because the conjunction is so strong that I feel like it's such a part of the personality that the person who has it isn't fully aware of it. It's just kind of who they are. It's hard to like separate it out. Whereas the sextile, I feel like you could easily observe it in yourself because it's a part of you, but it's not the whole part. It's just something that comes out. And so with Mercury and Venus, there's definitely a creativity, I feel. Venus probably comes out in a creative way. Maybe you're good at writing or poetry, the Mercury and Venus energy kind of combining in that way. And the sextile, there's almost like just a gentle playfulness that comes with it and being able to use it when you want, but also to kind of turn it off when you want to. The sextile is really easy that way. You can kind of use it as you wish. So that's a really good example as a whole, like not even just for this episode, but in general, the way that you differentiated the sextiles and the conjunctions, it was really smart. I really like the that and hadn't thought about it in that aspect of it being like really part of your integrity and an, an identity in being conjunct as opposed to, it, it reminded me, I was getting a visual when you said that, it's like when you see a gemstone and it's so faceted but there's the face, yes. the conjunction would be the face and the sextile would be all the little facets around. Oh, um, I like that. Yeah, it's, it's less inherent but pleasant and sparkly and yes, a part of you but the, the conjunction really in, in your chart. The other thing is with the conjunction in the chart is when that gets transited, that's just adding even more energy to the conjunction in your natal chart. It's like, it's like a triple conjunction. It's just like adding another caboose to the train. And it's that it's going to be very obvious and potentially reactive. Potentially it's going to illuminate your own natal conjunction and come out where the sextile is just more gentle and and pleasant but loving, so loving. Even the symbol, the little six-sided star or six little points kind of intersecting in the middle is is pretty and it's playful. It's like an aragonite star cluster just so like a, a mineral that spreads and that just gives but it's very laid back it's like the stoner of the aspects yeah for sure it's very pleasant very easygoing and so even when you have a couple planets that are maybe not the easiest to work with when they're in sextile aspect with each other it really lets them off the hook in some way Mercury and Venus aren't necessarily difficult planets. They're actually pretty easy to work with overall, depending on how they're aspected, but the sextile is going to make it even luckier for you. I feel like sextiles can bring some good luck, trines as well. Yeah, yep. And there's sextiles are also humbling. Mm -hmm. 
So now we're going to get into the other aspects of when you could be transited with these aspects. So what we have talked about was what you could have in your natal chart and also what that looks like when it's transited. With what we're about to talk about, you cannot physically have these in your natal chart, so we're only going to talk about the transits. So Mercury square Venus, you could have transiting Mercury square your natal Venus or vice versa. That is going to create some tension between the two planets. Whenever squares show up, there's some tension. There might be a little bit of difficulty. Scenarios seem to pop up, which kind of trigger the more difficult aspects of these planets. And so what that would look like here is maybe feeling like you're having trouble expressing your emotions, feeling like you are maybe isolated from others. It might be challenging to make friends during these periods or feel like you're maybe a little bit more of a loner. It might be hard to work with other people in a really collaborative manner. Yeah, the other thing too is when you are experiencing a transit, it's internally changing your magnetic vibration and also what you're attracting. So with a transit like this, another thing it might attract is people also not receiving you well and misunderstanding you and a little bit of anxiety in that realm, like maybe anticipating that's going to happen or feeling a little bit shut down with communication with either not really being able to receive yourself or receive information from others. And it does create the ability to solve problems and to push through and some resilience for sure but with the square you have to really especially with this square you have to monitor the resistance because it's like an example of a mercury squaring venus would be maybe an intense fight with your lover and you feel like you just can't communicate anymore and you don't want to and then you become resistant and stubborn and don't want to work through the energy with clear communication that would be resistance but it could also bring you to a point where you're so sick of the square and, and, and facing the same thing over and over again and coming to a head that it might bring on resilience and allow you to change the way you communicate or shift ways of communication to be able to get through a conversation and actually solve the problem. I like that a lot. Because Mercury and Venus move pretty quickly, these transits don't really last more than like a week or maybe... A Venus transit could last a little bit longer if it was retrograde or something. But generally speaking, they're pretty snappy, but they're going to last long enough. They're, they're not like moon transits, which last a couple hours. Like you're going to be able to feel them and sit in that energy for at least a few days. So yeah, during those Mercury-Venus square transits that happen, you will definitely notice these themes coming up during that time. Do we want to do Venus squaring Mercury? Yeah, I feel like that's a little bit of a different flavor. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, when Venus squares Mercury, that technically is a better combination to do the descriptive that I did with the energy of what it could bring in a loving relationship. I mean, it definitely works on both ends, but Venus is going to kind of transit and be like, oh, let's you know, move through this relationship and it's going to kind of square Mercury and bring up 
things in your natal chart, communications, unsaids. Also, the Venus squaring Mercury might bring a recognition to patterns of relationship. Again, a recognition or a, a lack of recognition, depending on if you are you know, going towards resiliency and solving your problems or going towards resistance. But with the, the square, there's so much that Mercury can remember as far as events or perceived events. And the Venus kind of brings out the energy of the emotion or activates Mercury in a way of like pulling on it and being like, Mercury, feel like, let this come out. And Mercury just wants fat. So it might like go through a backlog of, well, in 2002, you said this and you know, it just brings, it helps you to notice and brings out patterns of where you shine and where you don't in relationships because Venus is pretty easeful, but Mercury will project backwards and forwards and it needs the information and the situations to be able to understand where Venus can kind of just sit in something. So when Venus is transiting Mercury, Venus can pull uh, well, um, I don't want to say gentleness, it wants Mercury to be gentle, so it will try to pull, but Mercury is not gentle, and then it will feel tested, and the Mercury in your natal chart might just want more information and might begin to think of, like, weigh the pros and cons of love or relationships. Yeah, it might make you overthink your relationships or kind of go back and... Yeah, I liked the example you used of cataloging, like going back through previous events and maybe reconsidering certain details of it. And it is a little more gentle and contemplative than when Mercury squares your Venus, but there is still going to be a little bit of forcefulness because of the square energy. Do you want to do trying? Yes. Yeah. Again, Mercury and Venus can't trine each other in your natal chart due to their orbits. So we're, again, we're talking about the transits. Mercury trining your natal Venus. That's a pleasant one. Yeah. I feel like that brings a level of just kind of knowing the right thing to say and the right words to express feelings. Being able to express your feelings in a clear and concise manner so that other people can understand you, that you're opening yourself up to others, you're kind of showing them your thought process, but it's on a very empathic level because of the Venus energy. And it's almost just like a natural ease with communication, specifically communicating feelings or communicating to people in a way that they will be able to empathize with what you're saying. And the naturalness is the key word I don't even know if I have any more to, to really add because I think I, I would have totally said all, all of that. It makes complete sense as to how that works. I guess the only additional thing that I would add is if you are generally afraid to communicate and have those struggles, you'll notice that when this occurs, there will be more of a natural sense of communication internally for you. So there would be less second guessing or anxiousness around it. It would just be very fluid and, and come out where sometimes you, or the, the majority of the year, you might struggle with communication and this 
transit could just release the communication in an easeful way which again if you pay attention and you see when this happens you can learn and you can still integrate it and don't need it for the transit but pay attention to how you're operating during those transits how you feel and how you can use that when you're not having the transit by an awareness of yourself because it's still pulling on your natal chart it's still testing you and quizzing you on some level that's what the universe and the planets are doing they're like pulling on our strings and making us offerings and wanting us to do what's right for ourselves so the astrology is set up to better yourself and better the situation no matter what you're not going to be stuck you know most of your life communicating screwed up you can really learn especially from the transiting planets you can really learn what could bring out the best of communication and this mercury trine venus is bringing out the best of communication yeah yeah i don't know that venus trine natal mercury is too much different than what we were just talking about the only thing I think it might activate that the other one wouldn't is like, I want to take this class or mm. I want to learn this new energy or I've always wanted to do this. I've always loved horses. I'm going to go horseback riding. Yeah. Yeah. It connects you with like passions that you've had and ignites your curiosity about them again. I can see that for sure. Yeah, it's a little more active. Somewhere. Yeah. It, it's because... I think that I think that when Venus is transiting in any situation and when Venus is a transiting planet so when Venus is moving through your natal chart and activating Mercury natally Venus the, the dominance is the gentleness so it's just making Mercury a little bit more gentle and in no other circumstance does Mercury want to be gentle? Yeah, it's a little more softened for sure. So in opposition, is that where we're at? Yes. Mercury opposite Venus transit. Yeah. Opposition is a little more dramatic than the square. Like the square creates tension and it makes you want to overcome the tension. Whereas the opposition really creates a lot of illusion and it makes it really challenging to see how your own behavior could be contributing to something. It makes it feel like it's coming at you from an external place. And so what that might look like, if Mercury is opposing your natal Venus, that's going to make it feel almost like other people are purposely trying to misunderstand what you're saying. Like you're trying to express your feelings and other people are maybe too focused on like the logic of it or they are trying to break down what you're saying and it could leave you feeling really frustrated. But maybe because of your frustration, you're actually not able to express yourself very well. And so they're just doing their best, but it seems to you like they are purposely trying to fight with you. That's super interesting because, again, what you said about oppositions being different from squares, that could be incorporated in all the oppositions and squares. That was really good because you're, you're right. It is more of a polarization, and you do feel more alone with an opposition and literally might feel two different ways at the same time to the point where you don't want to feel anything at all. So you just, like, don't react and go inverted and introverted and... and you know, just kind of feel the polarization and the pull within you and it's more of a frustration and 
it does feel a little less solvable. So with oppositions, particularly this one too, but all oppositions, that you you want to be able to like become into acceptance with yourself that you're feeling conflicted and that that's just a part of it. And it's going to be a temporary confliction. You know, it's going to like, it, it might actually even transit you and make you purge a bunch of shit you don't need to be holding on to anyway, actually. Especially with like a Taurus Scorpio, that's mm-hmm. going to pull you apart and probably end up better in you when it's over but the opposition it is it does like one of the things that I just found really interesting is what you got me thinking about is how that person feels internally in carrying that opposition and they're they are going to feel canceled out they are going to feel not heard so even if you are listening to them and receiving their information and they are focusing on something else or not the individual carrying that opposition is probably going to feel not listened to. Yeah, it doesn't really matter what the other person does because it won't fully fix that feeling that the individual has. They have to be able to recognize it in themselves and then they're able to transcend. Once they're able to take some level of responsibility, then they can actually transcend the feeling and then they feel heard. But until that happens, they're going to feel like other people are maybe out to get them. And that probably is going to happen after the opposition is done. Oh, yeah. Because, again, we're talking about transits here. Although a lot of what we're saying could be useful if you have natal oppositions anywhere in your chart. But for this, yeah, this is going to last, like, you know, anywhere from a couple days to a week, a week and a half. And so you may notice that you just feel like people aren't getting what you're saying or you're having a hard time getting your point across. Maybe you feel a little lonely and isolated, like your friends are, you know, purposely leaving you out or something like that and then once it's over you're like wow I don't know why I was feeling that way that actually has no basis in anything real but it's just a feeling it's a strong feeling that comes up the other thing is with these shorter transits compared to the longer transits again not like the moon sometimes not even worth mentioning because that's like a mood swing but the two or three day ones they bring events it's like sometimes getting smacked across the face or winning the lottery they bring these like quick events that do affect you for a longer term period especially with the mercury and venus transits because these are obvious planets venus is not quite extreme in the external force but it's external enough they're close to the sun they're working to bring things to the surface they're obvious you see them so these shorter term transits are also going to bring events that could be catalysts for a great change when you have them so that three days could be very very important that like when you have these instances in life that you remember and you feel like were cathartic or you know crazy quick events happening like falling in love and thinking you've met your soulmate and having the courage to tell them and then you know they it ends up really being your soulmate it's carried out for the rest of your life like these three days are not going to be like subtle yeah when you're experiencing these transits definitely should we do a famous person's chart maybe we should yeah we haven't done that in a while yeah the last few episodes we did were a little bit on the longer side so we didn't do this segment but we had introduced a segment of doing a famous person's chart maybe we can find somebody with a a mercury venus conjunction or a sextile to talk about Zac Efron. 
He's hot. Let's do him. <laughs> yeah, we could do him because he's he's a good singer and dancer and actor. Ooh, he does all that too. Yeah, I've uh, only seen him act, but I've also seen him in that show, and he's pretty comical in the show about better living that he does, where he travels around the world. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a Libra. Oh damn it! But his his Mercury and Venus conjunction is in Scorpio. Okay. Okay. So we just uh, pulled up the chart of Zac Efron, and he has a Mercury-Venus conjunction in Scorpio. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. and It's why he's sexy. Yeah, I feel like the Scorpio-Venus, they have a very... There's something in the eyes. There's just an allure there. They're mysterious, and something about them is just very intriguing. I actually know a few people that don't like him, and I think it's because he's so hot. Um, <laughs> are they men? Well, Marcus is definitely one of them, but I tend to annoy him when I talk about hot men. And Lindsay Cosmos, oh. like, cannot stand him. Does she think he's too much of like a pretty boy? Or... Yeah, 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 and she just doesn't like looking at his face. But I see mystery and intensity and somebody who speaks with conviction, again, if you watch the show, um, and just does. It, they do, they make good jokes. They, they amplify the jokes and the sarcasm and put a lot of intensity into, and heat into something that they find important and other people might not find important. So his show on Netflix, there's a lot of like talking about, you know, the, actually the only one that I saw was just in Iceland about geothermal heating and how this system could be a better place for the world. So he shows all the information and how the heating works and how Iceland runs on heat because he loves to travel and loves information and wants to share it. A Mercury, a Mercury Scorpio is going to be a little bit more intense in this heat and in this passion and it's going to be one of those things and this is just so true from what I know of him of people are either really going to like you or just not like you at all. Yeah, Scorpio definitely has that kind of polarity to it. And Mercury conjunct Venus, I do think that he's he I, he's a very talented singer, dancer, actor. I think it makes you more confident with your ability to express and to put yourself out there and communicate. So that probably gave him an interest in those things from a young age. And he probably had little stage fright when he was starting out because of that. Although the Scorpio could have made him more private. I feel like that double Scorpio would give more an identity to the Libras, which could be really waffly. Yeah, yeah, because his Libra, his son is in Libra, so that energy will definitely give him more of a clear passion, like a defined passion. Whereas sometimes people with a lot of Libra placements will shift passions a lot throughout their life, depending on who they're around or who they're close to at the time. I'm trying to find somebody with a sextile. Rihanna has a sex has the sextile. Ooh, uh, her Sex With Me song has been my power song, so yeah, let's yeah. do her. So uh, an example of a celebrity with Mercury sextile Venus is Rihanna. She has her own beauty company, and she's like business lady for sure. And the cosmetology stuff. That's another thing about sextiles the attractive and allure, there's, there's a natural, soft confidence. She's a little bit more, I think, obvious with her confidence, but in general, that sextile energy is going to just, like, radiate like pheromones. Yeah, and her Mercury is an Aquarius, her Venus is an Aries conjunct her Ascendant. So when you have the Venus conjunct the Ascendant, it's just like 
your your sex appeal is kind of part of what you're known for. So I feel like for her, she's known for her her beauty, her extreme confidence. Uh, Mercury in Aquarius, that gives her kind of a sort of interesting way of going about things. Maybe she has her own unique spin on things. She's not going to just go the way that people expect her to go. She's going to kind of shake it up a little bit. Aquarius and Aries are both very independent, very much in charge and in control she's not going to like working for other people and she's definitely a good example of someone who kind of carved her own way yeah and those two signs will both you know aries will pioneer forward and aquarius is just like they're not going to be confined or they're not going to comply too easily Mm -hmm. so those are the more even though sextiles are subtle that placement is not so subtle yeah all right so we are doing a class the class is if you're listening to this as this episode comes out our class is this week it's wednesday september 23rd is the first class and the class is called beyond the elementary it's an online four-week class delving into the tarot but in an astrological elemental way and it's going to all be online. You can sign up for one class or you can do all four. Each class is going to cover a different element. So I uh, will put the link for more info and sign up in the description for this podcast. Yeah, keep coming at us for requests, questions, information. And if you want to hear about a famous person's chart or us to discuss a astrological topic that you're super curious about, Let us give you some more clarity on it. Yeah. Have a great start to Libra season. Thanks for listening to Pisces Rising. To send us a request for a celebrity chart or a topic, or to get a reading with us or see our upcoming classes, you can find us on Instagram at Pisces Rising Podcast. Email us, PiscesRisingPodcast at gmail.com, or find us on Facebook. Have a magical day.